0: Episode 104, BNI Networking Group Success Tactics. I'm your host, Dr. Justin Trostclare, and today we're Hazel Walker's Perspective. Join 2017 and 2018 Podcast Awards nominated host, as we get a behind the curtain look at all types of doctors' and guest specialties. Let's hear a doctor's perspective. Welcome back again, ladies and gentlemen. Always appreciate you listening this week. Is no doubt going to be a good one. If you have ever heard of networking groups, there's no doubt you've heard of B&I. It might be something to think about over the holiday season to join for 2019. So today we're chatting with someone who is actually the top dog for the organization. Like no one has even won this award besides her. So it's really a phenomenal guest to have on the show. She she speaks at all the major conferences across the globe. We're going to hear a little bit about the giver's game philosophy, ways to invite people, ways to maximize referrals. And the big thing, I think, is the the game profile sheet. It's a way to do your one-on-one. It's a very structured way to do it. And she's also an author of a book kind of the differences between men and women and how they network. So we'll talk about that. What has she found one ways to, you know, gain from each gender that we can incorporate into ourselves to do better. Again, these are not big sales pitches like the the X10 a week ago and now a B&I. These are all things that is probably on your marketing radar. It's ways to be more profitable, and it's an important aspect of some people's businesses. So hopefully you gain some good knowledge from this. Don't forget, write a review. Let me know on LinkedIn, and I'm looking to have that contest to give away a Bluetooth speaker. All right. Listen and implement. Show notes can be found at doctorsperspective.net slash 104. Let's go hashtag behind the curtain. Live from China and Indianapolis. Today on the show, we have a, f- a fantastic guest. She is just coming back from living in Perth, Australia. And I will tell you why. Because she's so awesome. She was recruited there for like six years. And she's written several books. One of them that I'm interested in is Business Networking and Sex. No, it's not what you think. And this is a book based on 12,000 people survey that took three years to compete. So I think it's going to be a really good, uh, we're going to get some good insight from Miss Hazel Walker. Thank you for this, coming to the show. Oh, my pleasure. I love it. I love talking on the pre-chat because we get to kind of build a little rapport kind of find out what, what's your niche a little bit more and what I think you, the interview can go towards. And I'm excited. So I'll let you pick kind of which one you want to kind of go first. You want to talk about women and networking and doing the best or should we bridge with the, the b and story and then like work into tidbits that people can take home today?
1: Um, it's probably a good idea. Oh, that's hard for me. It's probably a good idea to bridge a little bit with the B&I story because that's really what led to the concept of the book.
0: Okay. One thing that I, I was a BNI and i member for at least six years. I was the president twice. I was the visitor host. I knew better than to be the vice president because they had all the work to do. <laughs> at least that <laughs> was the joke we always had. Yeah. And loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. I had it always, I was part of a the, what do they called it? The uh, pre-stage, before you actually became a group, I was part of those before. Oh, yeah. And then I was part of the groups that were around for a while, and you kind of walk in, and you're like, oh, so you had a chiropractor for the last three years, and they just left. Okay, all right. Also been a part of the parts where you go in, and it's not really a good fit, but there's no other places available, and so you have to make that decision. So that's kind of my history with b I love the group. So give us a little bit of the backstory. You, you're the B&I franchise owner in Indianapolis, in Indiana, I should say. You were killing it. You were crushing it. Give us a little backstory about that and how you ended up in Australia, if you don't mind.
1: Well, I started uh, in B&I much like you did as a member. I was an insurance agent in 1991 and bought the B&I franchise in 1998. Now, B&I was only founded in 1985 uh, oh. and not with the intention for it to be a franchise. It was just um, star groups for himself, and then of course all of his friends wanted it, and then it just snowballed, in the each franchise. So in 1998, I bought a franchise for Indiana from another lady, and began you know working that. Years in 2001, I sold my insurance agency, and just became full-time B and I. Um, so kind of one of the pioneers. I'm uh, one of the early pioneers of developing B and I, and which is how franchises get developed. Way anyway, it's the franchisees that that develop them and grow them and and start to develop content. So that long background allowed me to really create a lot of expertise and learn a lot how people interact with one another. Like you, I served on all the committees and groups, all of that stuff. And I just got very good at it. And one of the things I started doing was building a strong team because you cannot run a successful business if you don't have a team of people to support you. So I got really good at, This is an entire state. Yeah, true. But I built a team of, of directors and ambassadors and people who also wanted to help other people be successful, because that's what I love about AI, is that givers gain philosophy. Mm-hmm. And through doing all of that, we have a system that measures um, our KPIs around the world And all of us are measured on the exact same KPI. Well, I held the number one position for 13 months, which has never ever been done before. And it was through holding that position for 13 months in a row and then staying up in the green for 33 months that I won an award called the Hall of Fame Award. And it's the only one like it that's been given. Oh. So, Cal- so, Australia came along and said. Uh, Frederick came along and said to me, "He goes, I want you to come to Australia and do for us what we've done in Indiana." I laughingly said, "All right, make it worth my while." Right. And I, I, I went on about my business, and suddenly I got a phone call from a um, attorney, who said, "Listen, we're working on your immigration status for
0: Australia." And I said, well, oh, really? <laughs> Are we jumping the gun here?" <laughs>
1: And so that just kind of progressed it. I went there and lived until about a week ago. I, I moved back here um, one week ago today. Wow. So, um, yeah, back, uh, you know, and my timings, because it's summer in Australia and it's snowing like crazy here in Indiana.
0: <laughs> yeah, it may not have been the greatest so, idea unless you like snow.
1: Yeah, I probably should have waited a few more months to come back.
0: Oh, uh, right.
1: But you know, that's the whole holiday thing. Um, so really that expertise traveling world has allowed me to really see how men and women do network friendly mm-hmm. and build their relationships. And so that then led to the book. Okay. And I've traveled all over the world speaking on that topic too.
0: Okay. Yeah, I've noticed that on your LinkedIn and on your personal website. It's like, oh, okay. We have an experienced speaker. She's got programs available to teach this stuff. When we're talking B and I. There's, mm-hmm. like I said, I've been a part of it for a long, it's been a while, almost as long as I've been in it, I've been out of it at this point, because I'm, you know, not in, in America. Uh,
1: there's chapters in China, just so you know, some of the biggest chapters in the world are in
0: China. Ah, well, that would be, okay, I've got more excuses, but I will, I will, I'm not in a big city. <laughs> I will just put it that way, uh, I'm not in a, like, but that is amazing, I didn't realize that, and I probably should have known that, because I know my friend in Singapore, she is a big part of I there. Uh, so it's, that's what I love about it. Like if I ever found one in China where I could actually go to it, I was like, that'd be really fun because I would know what's going on even without speaking the language. I'd be like, oh, where's part?
1: That's fantastic. I, I do this. I have no clue what they're saying, but I know what's going on.
0: Yeah. So where's the interpreter, please? Uh, (laughs) so so i was curious there's been it's been a while you know it's been you know six years from now is has everything kind of stayed the same are there any tips that you could give that to, to make your bni chapter strong because i've noticed especially like in, i was in denver so it's big city there's lots of chapters there's always some kind of dynamics like is there something that we could do as a group to always sort of get those new members to visit and to join i guess that's the question they always have for you though right
1: it is, and, and it's, it's always a bit of a challenge, because the one thing we know that members like to try to do is when they're inviting people to come along, is they want to sell the concept of B&I to the person who's never visited, mm. when all you really need to do to get people to come into the room is say, I would like to introduce you to a group of people I know, like, and trust, and who I often get referrals to. I think they would benefit from knowing you. Would you like to meet them? Yeah. And, and you bring them in the room and you let B&I sell B&I and, I and, you, and you, you meet them at the door. You introduce them to those people that you think would be valuable for them to know. And then you let them decide if B&I is something. Because you don't invite with the intention of joining. You invite with the intention of knowing the relationship. And members often get really confused about that. They invite for the intention of joining.
0: Ah, it's like but, getting married before you start dating.
1: Correct and that I talk about that. I say that at the book and I say that to members quite often. You're asking people to marry you and they haven't haven't had a first date yet.
0: And some people like these MLM companies that sell makeup or like juices and stuff like that, that was popular at some point. It's a it's a right. pretty big fee. Like you got to sell a lot of products to make up the initial B&I fee. So it's not like um, people just jump in. They got to really consider this usually in their business budget
1: correct and the thing they have to look at is are they looking to sell but let's take um one of my favorite companies in I because their philosophy is so similar is the mary kay organization right because they're all about the relationships and they're all about you know your network and i say to them if all you want to do is sell lipstick and mascara it's going to take you a long time to make your money back Mm-hmm. But if you build good relationships in this organization, you will find that, that people will introduce you to other people who also want to sell lipstick and will introduce you to new customers. So what you're looking for when you're coming to uh, a BNI chapter is you're looking for new customers, not new product. Yeah. Right? I'm always looking for new customers. So if I come and see you as a chiropractor and... And you work with me and I keep coming back. That's not a referral every time I walk in your door. I'm the yeah. referral first time I walk into your door. But I'm now a customer. So you're looking for next new customer. And that's a mindset that has to really shift for people who join B&I. You're not looking for the repeat sell. You're looking for new customers.
0: And I've always said... For me, for, as a chiropractor, it's like, look, y'all don't know what I do. You may have had a, somebody in the past in the group. You may have had a bad or good experience. I was like, look, you, you just need to experience what I do. That way you can refer me. And that was one of the like the tactics that I always tried because, you know, it's like a mortgage broker or um, the uh, investment. That that poor person, they got to be in me you I know, usually for a while before they can get the trust to give them the retirement account. Like that one's a hard one to me. You know, a chiropractic, a doctor, an eye doctor, a dentist. You no, know, that level of trust is a little bit lower I like you you've been in business for a while. You clean teeth every day, you do cavities every day i'll go check you out i got I got get my teeth cleaned this week anyway and then oh yeah, that's good I have the nah. ability
1: yeah I have the ab- but that's a transaction right mm-hmm. that's a transaction where you what you 're looking for is the new customer so but it's good that I come in and try you out because now I can give you testimonials but have you taught me who your ideal client is, and have you taught me how to introduce the ideal client to you. How do we open that conversation? How do mm-hmm. I make the introduction? Have you taught that to me? Because if you haven't, then I'm just running around hoping someday I run into someone that needs a chiropractor Because you haven't taught me what the clues are, you haven't taught me how to open the conversation. You haven't taught me who your ideal client is and I'm walking around uneducated. So often, b members get really um, low-value referrals until they take the time to train their network how to find business for them.
0: So the same as finding
1: people to invite into the room. Yeah.
0: yeah. So that's where your 30-second commercial could become in handy, especially if you've been doing it for a while. You're like, okay, how much more can I talk about headaches? How much more can I talk about a root canal or eyeglasses? oh, maybe I should actually take this time. I don't have time to do one-on-ones with everybody this week. That takes time as well, so I can educate them on what they're looking for a little bit better during my commercial. True?
1: Correct. When you're, when every time I'm in front of them speaking, you're giving me more information. again. <laughs> hey, my ideal clients are people who... who they, these guys really need to be in real top physical shape, and they use chiropractic a lot. Who do you, know playing soccer? Who do you know that golfs? Or, you know, you're starting to teach me who, what you're looking for. Who do you know who? It's a great way to average. Right? Who do you know who runs marathons? I mm-hmm. see them all the time. Having fat problems at the end of their run, that's a great conversation for me to have with them because I can help them and they can run their best uh, time by having regular adjustments.
0: Right. So talking like someone who teach me. Somebody has done a few of these. These are <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Great examples. We had a, such a hard time when I was there, uh, for like dentists and eye doctors and things like that. Chiropractors were a dime a dozen in these groups, but it seemed like the other medical professions seemed difficult. Have you found in Australia or in Indiana that not to be the case?
1: Yeah, it is difficult in Indiana. Uh, I also own four franchises in in uh, British Columbia, Canada, Uh, and I can tell you that our uh, chapters there have a lot more of the medical profession in them, and and part of that is because of the healthcare system. Doctors in Indiana, like doctors, dentists, all they get referrals from doctors. Mm -hmm. They're they're used to the companies referring, they get referrals from all kinds of places, and they become reliant upon that. On the other hand, if you go to Canada and some of the other countries, doctors, if they want to keep their practices open and running well, they've got to go out and find some of their own business, uh-huh. because it's a, it's a different medical care program. So they're out there working more effectively. We're also seeing more and more private doctors, concierge doctors, and the concierge doctors now are starting to say, hey, maybe these groups are good for me to get in so people can carry my word of mouth message.
0: Yeah. Wow. So
1: it's the healthcare system does it a lot. But I love, the thing I love about Vancouver is all the different alternative care that's in a chapter. The biggest power teams are made up of the alternative care in those groups now.
0: And what do you consider alternative care?
1: It's the integrative, the naturopath, the ODs, the um, massage therapist, the hypnosis, the hypnotherapist. It's all of these professions that come together more than just a regular MD.
0: Wow, what a power team.
1: (laughs) Eye doctors. Yeah, they're amazing. They're really amazing. To There's one guy in one of the chapters in Vancouver that does... um, brain scans and he reads brain scan to tell you where some of your health problems are coming from. Oh man. And we just had, we just had a cuddle coach apply.
0: Huh? Look at that.
1: He's a certified cuddle coach. So, you know, we're seeing more and more of that whole profession and more than just the chiropractors now.
0: So here's a logistics question. And I know, I think it's allowed. At least it was. If I'm a chiropractor, let's say whatever, a physical therapy clinic, I got four physical therapists. It's a pretty big operation. And all of a sudden, I'm like, man, we want more business. Could you put, is it advised to put all four in different chapters and lock up an area? Or does it become hard to like pass referrals or it doesn't really matter because everybody has their own sphere of influence outside of the clinic?
1: See, you know the answer. That's exactly right. Go ahead and put one in every chapter that you can that's in your vicinity or where you want to bring customers from and let them, they have their own network. My network and your network, even if we work together, are different Okay. because I have a different social sphere. I have a different contact sphere. I have different family life, um, different clubs I belong to. So I'll bring my own network to the table. Uh- and bring my own clients in. Are
0: other groups allowed, that if they notice, like, hey, you know, we talk, we you know, a couple of different presidents, we have, we have happy hour uh, once a month because we just want to make sure everybody's doing good and all the different groups and whatnot. And they're like, yeah, there's this physical therapy clinic and we don't really like them. Like, they're not that good, you know. (laughs) So, but they're like, they're trying to get into every group. Can they just be like, yeah, they're already in two. If I were you, don't let them in. It's not the greatest clinic, blah, blah, blah. Is that allowed, or you have to be a little bit more strategic into why you would deny someone?
1: Um, The the chapters have every um, right to choose or decline an occupation that we really don't manage at the office. We let the chapters do it. But we tell them, and more today than ever before, do your. Background work. Have they had complaints? What does their licensing look like? Look check their social media. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, check with other chapters. If they're members of other chapters, check with them. Do your background work because we do get people who come in who are not legitimate. Wow, and and we have to pay attention to that. So we tell the chapters more today than ever before. Do this easy. Google every person.
0: Just see what comes up.
1: And check their licensing. Yeah. Yeah, check their li- and Yeah, make sure they're licensed to do what they say they're doing.
0: Yeah, because we've had some bad contractors every now and then. You're like, uh-oh. <laughs> uh,
1: absolutely. That seems to be one of the biggest ones. Yeah.
0: I hate to call them out, but, you know. All right, well, let's bridge. Okay, we've got two different countries, three actually. Are you noticing is there much difference between people in in the way that they network between, say, Australia, Canada, and America? Are you seeing big differences that you'd want to point out? Or maybe that... Americans aren't doing that they should be doing because these other countries are doing better?
1: I'll tell you, the Asian countries are uh, eclipsing, and I mean that in every sense of the word, eclipsing the Western countries. It's cultural, too, Um, like that. Because it's very cultural. They're they're very, um, they're excited about BNI. They're excited about the education and learning and the doing. And and India is just growing down bounds, like, you can't even keep up. You, there's no way uh, an American would get on top of the traffic lights now because you can't keep up with India, and and Asia, uh, China. China is just growing like a wildfire now. They're launching chapters with a hundred, hundred and twenty members now.
0: Um, In this culture, they keep so scorecards. Yeah, already. So I can imagine, like, we if do. you're a referral network, oh my gosh, like it's got to be out of control how much like the scorekeeping and all. I got to, I got to find you somebody worthwhile because you gave me one and who we,
1: and, and they attract big companies and they pass big referrals and, and they're doing really, really well where the U S uh, Europe, we we've been doing this for 35 years, mm-hmm. right? We've been in this business doing it 20, 30 years where they're just coming into it. And they've only been in it for the last seven, 10 years. Ah. So the excitement level there is far higher than the excitement level here. They are also far more willing to um, get out there, do the work, and bring people in. They, they love it. So we do see that cultural difference. Like in, If I ask my members here to sit in member success program for three hours, we get a little pushback. But in, in Thailand, they sit in their training six to eight hours. And they love it. And they fill it up with 100, 200 of them at a time. Training. Yeah,
0: they're like, this is the cheapest education and, I've ever gotten.
1: Yeah, it's, it's excellent. And, and, and the other things that's changed is we've automated more stuff. Like we have B&I University now. So you can do your MSP online and they just come to the local orientation. Oh, perfect. Right? So we still do the face-to-face. But have online now a really high-quality online training opportunity now that's changing. A lot of automation is coming. in. We have an app now for passing referrals. Next month um, you'll be able to pass referrals globally through the app. So if you have a referral for someone in China and you're sitting in Kansas City, you can pass
0: it. You know, that's great because some people it really was hard to get off for like that three hour block in the middle of your day and all that. And now you can just do it at night and be done with it after work. That's great. Good job. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Uh,
1: Our goal is to everyone be successful is That's our job, is to help you be more successful at growing your business. Because if I can help you grow your business, you'll help someone else grow their business. And that makes a difference to your community.
0: Yeah. Do you get a lot of pushback in the other countries of, I'm sure you've heard it, oh, B&I, the fees are so high, they just they just want to take your money, and what are you getting in return, and I, I create one of these groups on my own, and blah, blah, blah. You know, <laughs> you hear it. I'm sure I know you've heard it. I've
1: heard it. Uh, I hear it more, I hear it more in Australia and India in and in US than I hear it in Asia and India, because one of the things we notice in in the Eastern cultures is that middle class is emerging. Yeah, it's newer, younger, fresher, and it's emerging, and they're less jaded and they're happy because they're getting uh, a return. I typically hear that complaint mostly. From people who aren't willing to do the work
0: mm-hmm.
1: like build trust and build relationships and people who aren't being successful because they're not doing the education or whatever it's usually the people who are getting a return for their money aren't complaining about the money they're spending right. and it's highly undervalued I mean the average value of a seat in Indiana is $85,000 well the return that the members are getting far eclipses any return that we as an organization are getting yeah. because the U.S. and Canada has got the lowest rates in the world. Lowest. Lowest. We have the lowest rates in the world. We've, we, uh, much to the unhappiness of the rest of the world, we're now working to catch up. But, wow. Uh, it's it's yeah, been really the lowest in the world. So we get complaints, and we look at them and go, you know, other people are paying two, three, four, five times. $700 to be a member in Indiana It's $1,600 to be a member in Australia.
0: Man. And, you know, it's interesting too in um, probably India, you know, Asia, China. There's a lot of who do you know that really matters. And if you came from mm-hmm. like a poor family, you're trying to break freeze. Like, look, I don't know who the CEO of the hospital is. I'm never going to be able to bridge that gap. But, you know, all these other middle class businesses, all of a sudden you have a huge network that you've been trying to rub these elbows and you've been trying to flatter all these bosses and you never get anywhere and all of a sudden you got this event every week where the whole point is to rub elbows with same like similar people like that's got to be maybe that's a big piece
1: yeah it's very it's it's a very yeah it is a very very powerful piece because you've got a middle class that's emerging and they're excited about this opportunity where well i don't think the middle class gets as excited and in Indiana or in the U.S. or some of the other countries as, as they do in Asia. I, I, I travel all over. I've, I've, been, I've been to China, Thailand, Malaysia, Vietnam, Korea, Japan, all of those training and, and speaking and interacting with the members. And it's one of the things I love is the excitement, the, the pure joy and excitement of what they're doing.
0: Man, you make me want to go find a chapter just to experience this. I know. You make me want to really, buy a franchise in really China. like, let's do it.
1: <laughs> the, 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 I can hook you up with the national directors there if, if you're interested in My that. My wife but, speaks um, Chinese.
0: Yeah, you she'll be the next go. pioneer. I'm you telling can you. Go visit. All right, after there the interview, go. I'm gonna have to have a serious you and email she go with visit. you. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's <laughs> let's transition because I don't want to get people too bored with this rah rah B&I stuff. If they're like, well, can you just move on to some other topic or whatever? But I think this is great because we've had other types of groups on the show before, like why you should network. How do you do a commercial? So this is definitely in the wheelhouse of the show uh, from time to time. So but you kind of have a men and women are different. We network different. I would think women are probably somewhat better at these big events. Uh, I'm thinking bigger events, but it might be the same in just a smaller uh, chapter as well. But what are um, some of the things that you found? that you'd like to share today?
1: But there's a couple things that are really, no one was surprised to find out based on the survey of 12,000 men and women, not being, not I members, but men and women all over the world and companies and other organizations, mm. um, men and women are different and no one was surprised by that. And actually we weren't even surprised by how we're different to some degree. Um, because there's all these basic differences that you understand. What was really educational for me was how men and women go about their networks. So one thing like men tend to have large networks. So they're 10 feet wide and one foot deep where women will have a network that's three feet wide, but seven feet deep because they go deeper into relationship with one another than men have a tendency to do men. Uh, have a tendency to just add, keep adding to their network where we want to know the people in their network. Yeah, And, and they know more information of the people in their network. They, they will know the name of their dry cleaner and the spouse of the dry cleaner and the people that they interact with. They know, but if you ask the husband, he, he doesn't know.
0: <laughs> I know he three dry know. cleaners, so if you need it. someone, I can hook you up, but I don't remember their name. I just know where they're <laughs> located <laughs> type of thing.
1: Yeah, well, and even, that, even the housekeeper, the, you know, the wife will know all kinds of things about the housekeepers and their family and the things that are going on, and the husband just knows this is the housekeeper's name. Yeah. And so it's, it's typical of how we do things is women go deeper into the relationship. Women also have a tendency when they're referring business to do it in a storytelling fashion. Hmm. Right. So a guy will say, hey, you need to talk to David Clark over here. He'll be able to sell you a new car. Where a woman will say, oh, listen, I went and bought a new car from David Clark or I took my mother in to buy a new car from David Clark. And, you know, he was so great with us. He he, he showed us which car was the best. He didn't try to upsell us. And and she'll tell you the whole story. Mm -hmm. You should talk to. So she's doing it in a storytelling fashion where a guy will say, go use this person.
0: Is it affecting the and close rate?
1: That's, it often does because women give fewer referrals, but the referrals that they give have a tendency to be higher, uh, more qualified.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Because
1: they told the story. Yeah. And so they have a tendency to be more qualified. So they, they actually refer at a, a better quality level. But they refer less because they want to make sure their network's going to be taken care of. Now you got to keep in mind also there's behavior styles, and this is a bell curve. So this not everybody, not every woman's like this, and not every man's like this. Right. It's a bell curve. It's in jail. Um, where men say, "Go do this." I also, we learned that men have a tendency to be transactional. You want to do the deal. Like I want to sell more of this. I want to keep buying from me, buy from me, buy from me. You need to be my customer. Women have a tendency to be relational. Hey, let's get to know each other before I buy from you. Let's get to know each other before you Hmm. buy from me. I might take my time. But one thing men do phenomenally well that women, I really coach women a lot around, they have to learn to do, men will ask for the deal. They'll say, hey, do you want to buy? Hey, do you want, we want to do this? Where women will give you all the information and then wait for you to make the decisions without asking. Uh-huh. So, you know, I coach women a lot around, you have to ask for what you want. And you have to use some of stuff. So, so the point of the book really was not to say, men are bad and they need to do this, and women are bad and they need to do this. It's really about... Let's build the bridge so we can support one another. There's so much that I, as a female, have learned from how men do business. Mm. And there's so much that men can do to learn how we do business and bridge that gap between us.
0: I can recall being at these, um, you know, more like a chamber of commerce event where there's uh, 200 people in a room. And you just kind of like go in, go get them. You know, it's like ah, stop giving me your business card. Yep. And, <laughs> and that's kind of what I noticed was a lot of the guys. It was, yo, I'm Bob. Here's my card. And then you're like, oh, okay, Bob, see ya. And you're like, oh, here's Jill. Oh, good, Jill. Jill wants to have a conversation. Let's have a conversation. You know, and we talk for a few minutes. And you leave it at the end of the night. You're like, all right, I talked to some good people. And it tend to be, you know, sometimes it's like oh, it's more the girls that tend to uh, uh, connected better with that night. And, you know, there's a couple of guys, you're like, maybe I'll follow up with those guys as well. But I don't know. It just seems, like you said, this the relationship part. And at least in my business, I feel like you need to have, build a relationship to, you know, get people to win them over to, to possibly get a referral and, and all that type of stuff.
1: And definitely what we teach inside B&I. But that's what I teach because I do training for sales teams. I do all kinds of stuff, but... Uh, one of the things I say is just go push your card around. You've got to have a conversation, build a bit of a relationship, and especially if you're wanting business with women, mm-hmm. you've got to show interest.
0: Exactly. Oh, I I know sometimes like I'd have fun if I was uh, in a group, didn't know a lot of people, and just like, man, it seems like everybody knows each other. And I was like, okay, I've got a goal. I'm gonna give out five cards, you know, something like that. It's a smaller group, and uh, I'm a goofy. I can be goofy, and so that was kind of like my personality a little bit. In the groups and stuff like they would get it based on the tagline and, and whatever. And so sometimes I would just make a joke about the card or just try to break the ice with a little bit of humor, work my way, work the room a little bit with it. And even if it didn't have a lot of punch that first time, you know, the next time you went and saw the same people, they kind of remembered you a little bit more. So then you can have that better conversation the second time around.
1: Very true, and then we also teach, and and I really bang this drum a lot, uh, if you don't do one-to-one mm-hmm. meetings, you'll fail, because standing in front of a room full of people week after week is fine, but the trust to build when we have these one-to-one conversations and find common ground, common interests, um, reasons we want to help each other, it's, it's the one-to-one where the gold is, when the one-to-one is done well, not... Hey, we're having a beer and a football game. Yeah, that's not going to generate business for you. But if you get down and talk about what are your goals, what are your achievements, you know, what are the interests that you have, what other networks do you belong to, what skill sets do you have that I don't know of, uh, who's your ideal client? Well, those, that's the place where the gold is, and that's where you start to generate bigger and bigger referrals, is through those one-to-ones and taking that time to do that, and quite and people go, I'm too busy, I'm too busy. Well, that's where the relationship's
0: mm-hmm. built. Do y'all recommend if you're really busy just to do like a lunch or a one-on-one over lunch or something like that? Or I know a lot of times they want to do it like during business hours. But
1: Over lunch is fine. Uh, in the morning for a cup of coffee before you go into the office is fine. In the evening at a have a cup of coffee or it's perfectly okay to have a drink after. Just make sure you're when you're doing a one-to-one, Use the gains profile. Your goal is to move the visibility phase of relationship down to the profitability phase of the relationship. But you have to go through all three phases, visibility, credibility, profitability. And that's not going to happen quickly. It's not going to happen quickly if all you do is show up at the meeting for 90 minutes a week. It's going to happen when you're taking the time to do that one-to-one.
0: Especially if you have 100 people in a meeting. My goodness. Correct. Wait, okay, random question hundred people, how do they stick this in 90 minutes?
1: Well, what I learned in China and some of the other countries is one of the things they don't do, which takes a lot of time in the Western world, is they don't do breakfast. Ah. Right? So there's there's no food going around and waiting on waitresses and waiting on food people eating while they're talking, and that doesn't happen there. They do that at the end. Their meeting is Ninety minutes of the business, and breakfast will be after the meeting, and they have a formal breakfast, so their meetings are really about two hours long. okay They get there early they we use use the app um, to pass the referrals. they also give the referrals they turn them in at the front dusk and they let people know in advance of this how many referrals, so they've modified the agenda, but they still get done in their minutes.
0: That's amazing.
1: Yeah, they they it's very, very efficient.
0: Yes, because I've been a part of a 40-person group one time, and I was like, oh, my goodness, this is never going to end. <laughs> they got better. They got better. But for a while, there was a learning curve. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we have to teach them how to be efficient with the agenda. It's, it's, there's changes, which I find to be more effective. I don't need six seconds or 30 seconds to stand up and tell you what I need
0: yeah exactly.
1: I need to do one to ones with you to teach you that.
0: there we go. back to the one on ones real quick. So do y'all have like a paper because I know it's very easy to just sort of talk about the weather or make the meeting all about you and not really exchange conversation very well. Is there like a form that they have like specific questions and you can be kind of robotic with it if you want to to make sure that it gets done correctly well
1: there we there's two, there's two or three different there's the first one we tell every member you need to do. And because you need to know these things about your network our GAINS profile and GAINS exchange. And the GAINS exchange is I need to know what are the goals that you're trying to achieve because this is how we help each other. How can I help you achieve your goal? What are your BI goals? What are your business goals? Tell me a personal goal. That's important. The next one is accomplishments. Tell me things that you've accomplished in your business and in your personal life that you're really proud of. Now, this is easy for guys. They have a tendency to do this really well. This is a difficult one for women because we have a tendency not to look at things that we do as accomplishments. Mm-hmm. They're just things we do. So women have to think about it more. So I tell them they need to work on this game prior to sitting down with someone. So accomplishments. Like I have one friend who's completed ten Ironman, and she teaches other people how to complete triathlons, and she's representing Australia. In the UK, and she's a business coach. Does that sound like the kind of professional you want to work with? <laughs> that kind of perseverance and that kind of background. Yeah. Yeah. As a business coach, yeah. Well, that's the personal stuff that I'm telling you about, not even her business stuff. People want to do business with her.
0: Ah, okay, I see.
1: Right. So I need to know your accomplishments. The next one in the gain profile is what are your interests? What are the things that you're passionate about beyond your business? When you're not doing business, what do you love doing? Because if we can find common interest there, this is how we build rapport. Mm -hmm. Accomplishments are how I build your credibility when I'm passing you referrals. But interest is how you and I build rapport with one another. Find our passion. The next is in for networks. Where do you network? And I'm not talking business network. I'm talking about What religious organization do you belong to? What sporting organizations do you belong to? What professional organizations do you belong to? Mom groups. Where do you spend time meeting and knowing? Mom groups, yeah. Parent teacher. One of my biggest networks was the Parent Teacher Association. Mm -hmm. I'd been in it for years and was well-connected there. So that's important. Because that's how we connect one another. If you say to me, nope, I go to my office, I never leave my office, I come to a b meeting, then I go to my office, I never leave my, I don't network. I'm sorry to I hear that. I go home and watch TV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you probably not bring a lot of value to, to me. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time trying to develop that relationship. I'm looking to develop the relationships with other people who do the things I do and that are passionate about their life. Yeah. And then the next one is skills. What are the skills to you have Be your work that I can use to support you, help you, you can help me, or I can introduce you to other people that might need that skill set. Like what? I want to talk to someone with that skill set. Well, for instance, one of the skill sets I have and that I love, don't get to do it much now because I travel, but I'm really good at obedience training large dogs. Oh. Dogs that most people are afraid of. I love training and obedience training. It. and my dogs were always trained to the point that all I needed to do was hand signals. Wow! To get them to to behave, they were always and and I liked Rottweilers, pit bulls,
0: basset hounds. You know the,
1: the dogs pe best. Yeah. <laughs> the dogs people are afraid of, right? Because, uh, you know, people. Th- golden retrievers that are eating your couch. People would say, hey, so I have a golden retriever that ate my couch. Can you tell me what I can do to get him to stop eating furniture? And I could support them because it wasn't about training the dog.
0: Uh-huh.
1: It was about training the people. Oh, There is no bad dog. It's just bad owners. <laughs>
0: yeah, they're not doing their part to make the bad dog behave.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you to the owners. So people will introduce me to other people that had big dogs and, and make those connections for me. So knowing your other skill set brings value to your network.
0: Like podcasting. So that's our
1: first one. And then our other one, yeah, so I podcast. you know how to podcast. I'm good at that. Could you teach it to me? I really want to do it. Okay. Right? Yep. So that's a skill set you bring to the table that I do not have. That's valuable. Okay. After that, then you go to, once you have a relationship, then you can go to also to the business interview where who's your ideal client? What is your ideal client? Do what are they like. Um, how do you want me to introduce you? How do I open the conversation? So now you're teaching me all of that, too. That's an overall one-to-one.
0: See, and I think we don't do that right sometimes. We just go in there, try to shoot the breeze for a few minutes, both sides, hopefully, and then you go back home and you're just like, well, that didn't really do much. But when you have a system like you just talked about, look, she gave you a lot of information just now that where. Even if you weren't part of a BNI group, but you're like, yeah, I already kind of do these, quote, one-on-ones. I just didn't know that's what they were – you know, they had a term for that. Now you have kind of like a, a blueprint that might make your meetings even more efficient, and you can both leave like, wow, I can really send this person some business this the next week to, week or two while it's top of mind. Well,
1: think about if you understood the gains profile about your customers.
0: Oh, man.
1: What if you knew what some of your customers' goals were or some of their accomplishments that they were proud of or – Maybe you know what they're more passionate about when they're not worried. If you can learn a Gaines Profile just by asking simple questions, and I have one client who's taken the Gaines Profile, and every one of his music teachers have completed a Gaines Profile and put it up on their website, because this is how students are able to pick the right teacher.
0: Ah, very interesting.
1: So he's taken it to a whole different level. The Gaines Profile is really powerful Women like to start with the uh, interest. If you're going to do it with a woman, start with what are you passionate about when it comes to your business? What do you love about your business? Go to her interest in her heart, and let her talk about why she's doing what she's doing. With guys, I happily go to accomplishments, and <laughs> they're happy to talk about those things right away.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: They can they can rattle them off.
0: Yep. Thirteen months straight, I'm the only one in the world, boys. Better watch out. I am Hazel. <laughs>
1: exactly. That's it. I am the queen of networking.
0: That's it. I like that. Okay. And that and I don't know if you did that before, but what you were talking about in the book, a man would be easy to say that. You might have been more more timid. And now you're like, no, no, no. I got to own it. It's important. And it's true. So why not just yep, own it better? Correct. Okay. Go for it. Oh, man. Good stuff today on this podcast. One thing you notice, guys are weirdos. Let's just be honest. They got some weirdos out there, and uh, they don't treat women very good sometimes. And we learned that. Yeah, most women have figured this out at this point. Uh, you're in a networking group. Guys being gross. Is there a way, like, to for a woman to navigate that a little bit better so that she doesn't have to feel so slimy afterwards?
1: Well, the first thing she has to learn to do is speak up. Okay. Um, we. There in this survey, we, we had this one question. that says, is, is there anything you'd like to tell us? It's just an open question. And so one woman put, I hate networking because men are always hitting on me.
0: There you go. Another
1: woman put, I wear a fake wedding ring so men will stop hitting on me. <laughs> and another one said, men never take me serious. They're always looking at my, my breath instead of in my eyes. And in the fourth comment, right under those three, said it was from a guy said i love networking it's a great place to pick up women oh no (laughs) (laughs) so he just made true the three things that women had just said (laughs) the reason they hate it is the reason he loves it um it's inappropriate it's this is business networking that's the title of the book Business networking right it's business networking and sex and that's sex is between the sexes Sex is not a verb, it's a noun, Uh and it's between the sex. And so business networking means you treat it like business. And I say to women, "Women, when someone's being inappropriate, stop and bring it to their attention. Say, that's an inappropriate comment. That is not the right thing to say. I remember one time having a conversation with a guy, and he totally was not keeping eye contact. He was to the other set of eyes. Uh And... I just stopped. I just stopped. And after a minute, it seemed like a minute or so, it was probably just a few seconds, he looked up and he goes, I'm sorry, I missed that. And I said, So you went on vacation.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: And I was waiting for you to return. I wasn't affected by it because it's just the way it happened. Mm-hmm. And I said, If you want to have a business relationship with me, you have to pay attention here. And he apologized, and we, and, and we became friends, and we we're able to work past that. But most women fume about it, but they never speak up about it. Mm. And that's probably one of the biggest cues I say to women is you have to make it stop right there going, that's an inappropriate comment. I don't appreciate that, that kind of a comment. Women have to feel safe having one-to-ones with guys, but guys need to feel safe having one-to-ones with men too. I mean, with, with women, they have to feel that, Women aren't going to be flirtatious, so it's two way three. We both have to behave professionally, and professional means we're not making off-color comments, we're not making wasted comments, we're not looking at people inappropriately, we're dressing like it's a business meeting and not like we're going to a nightclub. That's for men and women. Uh-huh. Um, it's, it's just raising your level of professionalism and respect. It's about respect. And we're not going to – I will tell you, BNI does have a zero tolerance for sexual harassment or racism or, or any kind of thing that would be hurtful to a person. Well, With zero
0: tolerance. we will move you out in a heartbeat. Wow, that's good, especially these days. Well, really, very especially, but yes. Yeah, well, that's good because, that, you know, you see these things at the groups and you can kind of see sometimes where, like, a girl looks trapped. <laughs> and you're like, ugh, how do I – do I step in? Can she handle herself? And you know, I'm not a.
1: You just you just you just go interrupt the conversation. Hey, listen two are pretty intense over here. Just thought I would join the conversation. See how it's going. Yeah,
0: because I'm not Superman. But sometimes I, uh, you can just see this lady's face, and you're just like, oh, poor lady. How long is this gonna last? Because you know the guy. He's not the first time the drunk guy at the party is being awkward. And you know, you like, you're in the same town. It's not like a brand new city. You know what I mean?
1: Correct. And, and, you know, one of the things I, I say to members and people, all the time word of mouth is always working. <laughs> it may not be working in your favor.
0: <laughs> that is true.
1: Because if you have that kind of reputation, people are talking about it and they're talking about you. And you might not know why your business isn't growing. It's specifically because of your behavior.
0: There we go. Okay, rounding up here, small town, big town, medium-sized town, if you have less than, say, 15,000 people in your town, is it going to be tough to, to start like a and i group or is that, or what's your thoughts?
1: It's not tough because it will draw people from other areas. People don't just come from the town. They come from towns around that town. Usually where there's a small town, there's other small towns mm. around and they'll all come together. So we have some chapters with 30, 40, 50 members that are sitting in a small town. The biggest challenge you have in small towns is the being able to hold each other accountable. 'Cause oh. they get worried that oh we can't post him because you know he's really well known in the town and if we kick him out then I've got to see him every day he goes to my church. Oof. So, you know, there they have a little bit more Yeah a struggle with accountability sometimes than the big city chapter. Okay.
0: Two. Uh one thing
1: but beyond that that's okay. about it.
0: <laughs> one thing I like to ask before we, we wrap up today is homework violence it's a big thing in, in life. We, we tend to work. over We overwork and we don't play enough. Are you able to handle that? And, and if so, what's some secrets or a secret?
1: You know, that's one of the things I really absolutely loved about being in Perth, Australia. The Australians would say constantly, you, you Americans, and I've heard this from Europeans too, you Americans live to yep. work. Like you work, 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 but you don't live a life and you take holidays and you don't you're just working all the time. On the other hand, in Australia they go, We work to live. So, you know, in Perth, the mall closes at five thirty. Wow. On Saturday. It's close. And they're out living life and being with their family and taking long holidays and, and spending time with each other. Um, not spending all their time working. Their family is not their fellow employees. It's their family. So it's one of the things I've really worked hard for my life is to be conscious of when I'm working and when I'm making down. So I typically have a morning routine where I get up and I do my meditations and I spend some time acclimating and then being with me and then going out and doing the work and I build time in for my holidays and so I take holidays. I, I, I just time in and where I spent 10 days in a re- just a, a, a private trip, me and myself and I and a couple friends were there so we went swimming with the elephants and things like that so I build it in and there are ways to build that in mm-hmm. and still get your work done. Yep. Right? So in America we have a tendency to be four day weekend people. We don't take trips. Yeah. They take four day weekends, right? So my daughter is going to Las Vegas for New Year's Eve, four day weekend. You have to, you have to, put, here's the secret you've got to put it on your calendar. You can't say we're hoping to do it. You've got to do it because Sunday Island. Is a terrible place to leave your dreams. Oh, yeah. It's a terrible place. So you write on your calendar, I am taking one week off here, and I'm taking one week off here. And even if that means you just go to the neighboring town and rent a hotel room, do that. Yeah. Because if you don't take time off, you don't get things done. And at the end of the year, I take the last week or two of the year, and that's the time when I do thinking. Uh So I'm doing strategic thinking, reflective thinking. That's my thinking time. What am I going to do for the next year? What, what have I done? Who am I being in the world? What? Where do I want to develop next? Yeah, I'm thinking two weeks. ago. And you have to take thinking time. It's my reflective time. So I'm reflecting it yesterday and today.
0: There we go. And we've had.
1: You put it in your calendar. We've
0: covered this on other podcast episodes. If y'all, if you listen to the, any of the past ones, you're always near the end of the interview. They have these and. Especially for like doctors, like, man, Monday through Friday, whew, that's tough. Or, okay, Wednesday through Tuesday, you still get your week. It's a half week. There's a, you can work a little bit in the morning, you know, on vacation. And the rest of the day, you're free to do what you need to do if you have like, you know, one of those online jobs where you can't really, you know, you need to, have to do a little bit of email checking or something like that. So what you're saying makes absolute sense is just if you don't know how to do it, you got to talk to some people and figure that out so that you can, um, you know, not hurt your business, but still have that, that vacation that you need to recharge, think, and all the stuff that you just said, like the last two weeks of the year.
1: Correct. And my, when I was writing the book, I was complaining I didn't have time. And my business coach opened my calendar, I used a paper one, and he went flipping through it. And he goes, oh, just what I thought." And I said, "Yeah, I'm really busy, right?" And he goes, "No, you haven't even put write a book on your calendar. You haven't blocked any time out for your personal life or your writing life. You're just busy doing Uh-oh. stuff." So I learned to put everything on my calendar. This is my workout time. This is my yoga time. This is my so I do it. It's an appointment
0: with me. Yeah. You know, I learned that was a trick that I learned. Uh, I was writing a book and, and podcasting and doing different things. And so I realized, like, I could spend all day on one thing, but my time is better spent in my block of time. Do this for a couple hours, do this for a couple hours, do this for a couple hours. Now you've done a little bit of everything. So in like a week, these, all these projects are done instead of maybe not even getting to all three of them at all because you spent way too much time on one project. That seem to be helpful for me. Yeah,
1: that's brilliant. That's a brilliant idea.
0: So, okay, last fun question. It's a fun one. Favorite books, podcasts. If you listen to them, uh, phone apps. Anything you want to leave the guests with? My favorite
1: podcast is Lore, L O R E, hmm. um, because just I love it, and it's the guy's brilliant. Yeah, I, I, they're even now on Amazon. He's they're doing original movie clips, but um, Lore is. Very entertaining for me, but it's also very educational because it is about the lores of the world, right? There's this fable or this myth, and he goes in the story and he does all the research. In fact, it's quite uh, engaging. So I really like that one because I like my po- the podcast sometimes just for my downtime and it helps me think and be yeah. creative. Um, my favorite app, I have many. But, you know, I'm going to go to Audible because I love audiobooks.
0: Good choice. That fits right into the podcasting um, era, I think.
1: Yeah. Podcasting and audiobooks are my thing. And right now I'm reading a variety of books. Um, Who's in Your Room mm. by Dr. Ivan Meisner is brand new. It's really, really good. So That man's um, been
0: gifted with a pinch. That one of, I'm
1: huh? reading. He That's his primary job now. he's The CEO runs a company and he writes books. So this one he's written with a couple other guys. It's not really B&I concentric, but it is um, empowering in your life. Like who's in your room if you allow. So that's the book that I'm, I'm really into at the moment.
0: Hey, did, did Dr. Meisner, did he beat the cancer? Did he, he had cancer, right? And then he beat it? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. He actually he and his spouse have written a book called The Meisner Plan um, and the health plan that he used to beat his prostate cancer, Uh, all holistic, all through diet, supplements, and um, holistic treatments, so chiropractic even being part of that. So, yeah, he and then she also had breast cancer and did absolutely no traditional anything and has overcome that, and so that's been very, very powerful. Well, and so they've them. written the book, the Meisner Pulling.
0: Okay, well, I hate to end it on that, but that it's actually a positive note. They they both survived it and, and were able to take care of it. Uh, any other books before I, before we uh, we wrap up?
1: Um, you know, there's a someone just gave me this one, and I'm starting just starting to read it because great leaders tra- teach other great leaders, right? Right. And so this this book has been pretty impactful, and it's called Leadership. And self-deception, hmm. leadership, and self-deception—it's—it's it's actually excellent. And then the other one that you and I have been speaking about a lot today has been um, slight edge. Ah, slight edge—things that are easy to do are also easy not to do. And I and networking is a slight edge. Uh, activity. It's, it's easy to stand up every week in your meeting and it's also easy not to. Yeah. It's easy to get up in the morning and go and it's also easy. Anything that's easy to do is also easy not to do. And Less than 5% of the people in business are willing to do the thing.
0: That's a shockingly low number.
1: It's a shockingly low number, but uh, the slight edge. I if, if I'm coding you, that's a required reading.
0: There we go. I like that. And how can people get in touch with you, contact you? you got any websites that you want to direct people to?
1: I have um, – you go to blogbni.com and read a lot of my content there. You can also go to hazelwalker.com. And hazel at bni.com is my email address.
0: All right. This has been so, so good. I mean, I've really enjoyed it. I like picking – professionals brains and you brought so much good information i really appreciate your openness uh, to to giving us some of these little nuggets of information to make our networking better like i said really appreciate you being on the show my pleasure well that wraps up another episode i want to remind everybody that we have some great affiliate links available if you're into instrument assisted soft tissue manipulation we've got the edge tool and we got the hawk grips Saves you about 10%. Also with the Edge, you've got the uh, like blood pressure cuff restriction system. You've got the G Suite inexpensive EMR in case you'd like doing cash practice. If you want to know what hosting I use for podcasting, it's Blueberry. Pure VPN, it's one of those ones I use to help keep my payments secure as well as access the internet more safely. You've got the Primal Paleo grass-fed protein, bone broth style. Save 10% on that. No sugar, allergy-free, diluting-free, dairy-free, all those types of things mentor box, get taught by the author. We got set for set for those floss bands that you may have heard about on one of the episodes. I really like those. Any Amazon products that you might want, click the link in the show notes pages. And of course, I got my own electric acupuncture pin to go with the no needle acupuncture book. From time to time, you know, I'll have a bundle set where you can get them all together for a great price. I also have the free downloads at doctorsperspective.net slash blueprints. And what lately I've been doing is substituting a fifth one, like I've done a knee. And depending on the guest, I might do a different type. So check back there. So all those resources can be found at doctorsperspective.net slash resources. There's also t-shirts at .net slash t-shirts. Put up some new designs from time to time, like making lemons out of lemonade, shrimp po' boy, plus all the chiropractic and podcast swag that you could want. If you have any ideas for guests, please send me an email, justin at a doctorsperspective.net. I'd love to hear who you think would be good or a profession that you may not have heard yet. If you can, send me a review. That's .NET slash subscribe, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Android devices. You just click that button. It'll take you exactly to the page you need to. You can write a review, hopefully a five-star review. Like I said, it does help for other people to discover what we're doing here. And we've got over a 100 episodes. This is going to be like our third year. Super excited. We're going to have a little mini-series like we've been doing, which has been fun. Hope you've enjoyed them as well. That's that's the feedback I've gotten. And one thing I haven't really talked about too much is the a doctorsperspective.net slash support page. If you want to buy a, host a cup of coffee, go for it. If you want to pledge a little higher fee, there's buttons for that. There's even monthly recurring for those who feel like, wow, this is like the cheapest mentor coach program I've ever seen because you interview so many different kinds of doctors and, and I've been able to implement things that I've heard and it works monthly recurring payments, which also can get you my books for free, t-shirts for free. Uh, The first book, you know, that deals with health and exercise, getting on a diet, getting your financial health in order as well. Things I learned in China, you know, that book is available as well. And one thing that I don't have, I don't have like a a full blown page about coaching and things, but there's a little button there. I've had people request, hey, doctors and non-doctors asking me, can I do more than just answer a couple of questions or could you be my coach for a little while? And I say, yeah, we can do that. So it's something I haven't really advertised, but it's something that I can do and do, whether it's marketing, some strategies for new patients, growth, those types of topics. If you're interested, just email me, justin at a doctorsperspective.net. As always, listen, critically think and implement. Have a great week. We just went hashtag behind the curtain. I hope you will listen and integrate what some of these guests have said. By all means, please share across your social media, write a review, and if you go to the show notes page, you can find all the references for today's guest. You've been listening to Dr. Justin Trostclair, giving you a doctor's perspective.